Suit up! Damn it, Marshal! New is always better. Challenge accepted. I'm not the blitz! You want a hit of this sandwich? Damn, baby, be cool. Can we go camping? Alright, welcome to the re-return, everyone. Uh, I am Lear. And I'm Aaron. Uh, welcome back for another episode. Uh, this week we are on Season 1, Episode 8, The Duel. Yay! This episode is so much fun. On guard! I really like this episode. I like this episode so much. It just... It sparkles, in a way. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, it just... Everything works really well for me. It's true. Even the stuff that's really unbelievable is just... It, it, it's a good episode. It's... It's... it's fun yes everything's in character i think for the most part um and we can probably debate a few points so this is an episode where ted's not being creepy about a girl so i think it works really well like when ted's not indulging in his stalker episode his stalker episodes like we saw last week or in purple giraffe everything works better and i think this episode really really exemplifies that I agree, absolutely. Uh, there's there's no argument about that. Uh, so we've got a, a couple of big things that happen in this episode. First of all, I thought Lily lived with Marshall and Ted. I think everyone did. Point. I mean, there's yeah. no there's no indication until we get to this episode that Lily does not live with Marshall and Ted, which I think is textually acknowledged in the episode. Oh, it is. Yeah. I mean, the the kids even say, well, we thought that yeah. she lived with you and uh, Uncle yeah. Marshall. Yeah. So something I really liked about that is they're like, well, we thought you <laughs> you lived with, um, with Uncle Marshall and you. And then they smash cut from the kids to Lily explaining it to Robin. Right. I like that a lot. Me too. It was just a very smart piece of filmmaking. It's true. And, and it fits well because if... Ted is telling all of these stories, even the ones that he wasn't actually present for, like Lily and Robin off on their own. You know, the kids would say this, and then he would break right into telling them that part of the story. Right. So it, it does. It fits really well. It's great. Yeah. Um, but, but how the hell does Lily have an apartment in New York City that she's paying for? That she doesn't use. Um, I mean, it's very clearly some under-the-table crazy arrangement with her 98-year-old landlord who never even saw the bus. Well, right. Oldest but... joke in the book. I still loved it. In that... <laughs> that was pretty great. Like, like the, way, the way the waitress just lands that line. It is the oldest joke <laughs> in the book. She was 98, but, you know, never even saw the bus. Like, she <laughs> lands it. <laughs> that was it was perfect yes um so this apartment like okay hopefully people that are listening to us have watched these episodes and we're you know I'm they're not getting their information from us for the first time i'm assuming that they've all seen these episodes multiple times because why the fuck would you listen to this podcast if you had not seen how i met your mother five million times right so Lily's apartment, when it be, this is a big damn apartment too for New York City. It's big enough to put a Chinese restaurant in, complete with kitchen and seating. Yeah, although it does look like their um, their kitchen is in Lily's kitchen. Like you see, like an old timey 
I don't know. Yeah, no. But her New York apartment is big enough that it had a separate kitchen. That's true. That doesn't happen later for her when she's looking for an apartment. That's true. When she ends up with her stove incorator in her bedroom. (laughs) That was so great. Um, Yeah, so this is one of those, um, you know, suspend your disbelief New York apartments, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a sitcom. I mean, there was a significant amount of seating in that apartment. So, yes, I will concede the point. This is a very large apartment that she apparently doesn't pay that much money for um, and also doesn't use. Right. My but apartment. nevertheless, it it is what it is. Lily had an apartment in New York that she hadn't been to for three months, and now it's a Chinese restaurant. My, my apartment is a Chinese restaurant is a very great piece of... Just, like, ridiculousness. I kind of love it. It is I not all what you expect. I mean, obviously not having ever lived in New York and literally knowing nothing about the New York City real estate market, except that it's expensive, especially in Manhattan. And there's no evidence she's not in Manhattan. I don't think she's in Brooklyn. She's definitely in Manhattan. Right. I have one, two, three, four, five friends that live in New York. And I think they all live in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's impressive. It is. It's a hard thing to do. And one of them, it's a couple with a dog, and their apartment is basically a large closet. I believe that. It sounds terrifying. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> Let's just say there's a reason <laughs> I don't live there. <laughs> I as am much like... as I'd like to. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I am like Marshall. I honestly believe that I am too big for New York City. <laughs> well, you are six and a half feet tall. Six, yeah. What? What? No, I'm not that tall. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, so it does beg the question, how do they afford these things? But I guess we're supposed to just, like, let it go. I'll concede that. Uh, I'll move on. I mean, for this episode, I'm sure we will argue about this again. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are points in time where two of the three of them are unemployed. And they all have, like, super nice apartments. Yeah. And, like, still do crazy shit. Oh, I just meant between Ted Marshall and Lily. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, we throw in Robin, too. Like, there are times where she's unemployed and still has her apartment. Yep. Although... We find out with her that... Her family has money. Well, and her creepy landlord that does her laundry. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm I'm assuming there's a rent break there. Yeah. Gross, Robin. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, also, we find out later that the apartment, like, Marshall and Ted's apartment is rent controlled. Which is a good reason for them to hold on to it. Oh, yeah. And they do. For 25 years. Something like, like that. Like, forever. It's crazy. Because Yeah, what? when, you know, when, when uh, I think it's Ted says, you know, it'll always be, you know, it'll always be our apartment. Mm-hmm. Well, it pretty much always was. Yeah. They had this lease for so damn long. I'm trying to think about it. Because what? They moved to New York. So they moved into New York when they graduated from college. And that was what? 2001? Yes. That sounds right. Okay. And when, in the finale, when do Lily and Marshall move out? It's like 2020? 2021? 
Yes. So they have the apartment for almost 20 years. It yeah, because it's it is after they get back the from Italy. Italy. When Lily is pregnant with the third kid, because they've already had Daisy. Right. It's post-Robin and Barney's divorce. Yep. Which means Ted and Tracy are married. Are they married yet? I forget when they're married, when they get married. I mean, we could go watch it again and like, we'll get there. But here's the yeah. point. The express point here is that... It's about 20 years. They yeah, have the apartment for, for about, about 20, 20 years. years. So it's going to be their apartment for a very long time. So yeah. Lily's objection at the end of the episode to... <laughs> it's a boy apartment. Yeah, she's going to change her tune, which is fine. Yeah. There's reasons. They're in good ones. Yeah. They, it's they, a rent-controlled they... gigantic apartment is a good enough one for me. That's a really good one. I am down with that. Um, so. Right. Yeah. So this is the episode where, okay, do we want to talk about the Lemon Law now or later? Let's go for the Lemon Law. We can okay. come back to. We will come back to the actual dual part of this. Right. Because it all it all plays together. Yeah. It'll all, it'll all come together. So, obviously, in this episode, Barney invents the Lemon Law of Dating. Wherein, within the five minutes of meeting a girl or a date for the first time, <laughs> you can just say you've been lemon lawed um, and leave. Walk away. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. I think it is an inherently useful idea, if callous. It is a callous idea. <laughs> Would you do this to someone? Um. You can say yes. We know you're a horrible person. <laughs> Well, I do at least. You do, do you do know that. Um, while I haven't done it, I am pretty. Here's the thing: I am not sure I would ditch someone after five minutes for no reason, but I would leave a date early, and we will get to that in this later in this discussion. <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, this is the episode where they talk about calls from the hospital. I've done that. Why doesn't that surprise me? Hey, man, sometimes you just want to go out and party alone. Fair enough. Yeah. I didn't date as much as you, so... I was... Well, you... Okay, so you and Allie are basically Lily and Marshall. I mean, I know you were a little older, but, like, you met in college. Allie was, what, a freshman? (laughs) Yeah, we started dating when she was a sophomore. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I mean, we've been together for nine years. Nine years, uh, oh god, nine years in August. Mm-hmm. Um. So think about all the stories you would have if you had been dating for nine years. Uh, <laughs> Those nine years. Hold on, I need to get a divorce real quick. <laughs> Just take the ring off. It'll be fine. I don't Lil- wear a ring. That's true. Allie won't murder you. It's true, she won't. Oh, I don't know about that dude. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Um, well, just don't go like out and try to date. Then she won't murder you. That that seems realistic. Yeah, that, that's fair. Um. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so this is so this is an interesting scheme because again we are at episode eight and Barney spends the entire episode superficially rejecting every woman he meets. Um, and then in the end. It turns back around on him. 
and he gets lemon lawed. We do not see him pick up a girl successfully in this entire episode. But he's so excited that the lemon law becomes a thing. Yes, I mean, I do think that's the redemption. <laughs> I should have called it Barney's Law! <laughs> Was it Lily or Robin that tried to point out to him that he got rejected? Um, I think both of them. Okay. Yeah. It was like... No, honestly, yeah. I do... I think it was Robin, because she was in the plot with them. Um, with okay. him. Because it was a Robin and Barney plot this week, which I really liked. Um, and I think there was a little very nice foreshadowing of what's to come with Barney and Robin that just kind of pops yep. up. Because she makes this very sexy joke call to Barney to get to get his phone call from the hospital. Like... I'm starting to see that they laid the groundwork really nicely for Barney to hit on Robin this season. Like, they do some nice stuff with that. They do. And I and think that, this is part of it. And that that phone call, Robin making that phone call was a nice touch. Yeah. And it, it does go to show that they have very similar senses of humor. Yeah. Like, they're, they, they, it makes sense that they're friends. Like, yeah, it really does, because, you know, they they exist outside of the Lily Marshall Ted trio in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as the two cynical people, like the two truly cynical people in the group, they have a, an outlook on life that would be compatible in its own way. Right. Um, and as friends, I think they they certainly are. But because this was definitely, I mean, they just pair really nicely. Um, I thought it was a nice way to push Robin into Barney's plot to have her make that phone call. Because now he has a reason to get back at her. <laughs> Which he does. By goading her into going on a date with a just a terrible nerd. Poor Robin. Yeah. I feel bad for the nerd a little bit. Because you, I... you know that part of the, you know that some of the lack of social grace comes from you know, being a an awkward nerd. Yeah, I, I, I do sympathize with it. Um, a little bit. A little. A little bit. A little. Um, I don't know. It, it, here's the other thing. Like, so you'll be able to speak more to this, but it was Martin Starr from Freaks and Geeks. Yep. Um, Special guest alert. Yeah. So the I guess, like, the only thing that makes him a nerd is that he's wearing glasses. Like, when she meets him in the bar, he's wearing, like, a hoodie and glasses. <laughs> I lost you again. Can you repeat that? Yeah. So I guess the only thing that, like, codes him as a nerd is that he's wearing glasses when she first meets him in the bar. <laughs> yeah. Because he's just, like, wearing a gray hoodie. My boyfriend took a lot of offense to this because he was like, <laughs> this is his look. Well. He's a hoodie um, and glasses. I've got bad news for him. <laughs> but you know that. I. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had to tell my boyfriend that he was not allowed to talk about Star Wars anymore because all he did was complain about how the new movies are terrible. So he's only allowed to complain about Star Wars for one hour per movie per year. Because Disney will never not ma- stop making Star Wars and my torment will never end. Womp womp. Womp womp. So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... um. Barney trying to prove the usefulness of the lemon law pushes her into this uh this date with with um 
Nerd guy. Nerd guy. Did he get a name? I don't think he did. I don't remember. Oh, maybe he did. Oh, yeah. We're going to call him Nerd Guy. Yep. Sorry, Martin Star, but <laughs> Nerd Guy. Um, so he takes her to some sci-fi themed restaurant. Ooh. Some like Star Trek knockoff something or other. You know, the kind of place where the waitresses and waiters wear alien suits. Right. And your dinner is made of, like, dry ice. And he does talk about how all, uh, in the future, all food will be in pill form. Yeah, because Robin says it's good to know the future has ribs. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And then when, uh, Robin actually gets a call from the hospital. Well, it starts with one call. So she gets the first call. Oh, right. Yeah. She gets the the call from Barney. Barney. The The, the mocking call. You know, this could be, this could be your call from the hospital. There's, you know, there's still a minute. You could still lemon law him. Yep. Um, So Robin sucks up her pride and continues with the date. And honestly, like, I've been on the date where you have to, like, tr- like where you're trying to make it work and it doesn't. And this, like, so reads that to me. Like, where she, you know, like she says, um, it's good to know the future has ribs. And, like, no. <laughs> like, you're just trying to identify with someone on their level and you just don't get it at all. <sighs> right. Ugh. That's a terrible date to be on. <sighs> yeah. But he accuses her, with, the, with when Barney calls, of saying it's a call from the hospital. And she sucks up her pride and insists it isn't. Um, is this the point where we should go back to the duel? <laughs> no, we can, we'll get yeah, back there in a we'll second. Okay. Because when we're done talking about the date, uh, we're done talking about it. Yeah. It won't play in again. So, then she... When, when does uh, when does he call her a hooker? Is it right after this? Um, I th- I think yeah. She says like um, you know you know I you, there's nowhere I want to be, and he says, "Are you a hooker?" <laughs> I don't have a lot of money, and that for me would be my exit. <laughs> like I right. honestly think that I would probably be the dumbass who falls for Barney's goading and then sucks it up through the call. Um, tries to make it work, not because I'm interested in this guy, but to prove a point to my asshole friend who's trying to get a rise out of me. Um, but yeah, that would be where I tap out. Um, are you yeah, and a I wouldn't hooker? Blame you. And I are would be you... the asshole friend goading you. Yeah. And I wouldn't blame you at this point. Yes. Like, I feel like I won the bet, but he called me a hooker and I'm ready to burn the place down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then she gets the actual... Call, call from the, from the hospital. hospital. And he insults her in Klingon. Yep. He says she has no honor. Um, so this is, that's like really where the episode loses it for me. Because, like, haha, funny, he can only get laid with a hooker. But like, why would you accuse someone of that? Number one, it's not a big deal. And number two, don't be gross. <laughs> right. Like... Because I feel like the episode makes you want to kind of sympathize with him a little bit. So it's bad that Robin... But, like, that loses it for me. Like, that's the oh, yeah. thing that... Oh, yeah, no. At this point, it really is. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just time for her to walk away. Yeah. And 
no one should have any second thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> re-return approved. Walking away from dates when they call you a hooker. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I, re- I really do like, though, that this was Martin Starr from Freaks and Geeks. Um, <laughs> yes. One of the, the Judd Aptow clan, one of the many that will show up throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Um, including, but not limited to, uh, Sandy Rivers in a few episodes from now. Is he Judd Apatow? He's, I thought he was Buffyverse. Oh, that's right. No, he's... Both? Anyway, eh, he's one of those, uh, various people, though, with loose connections. To other beloved properties. <laughs> yes. Um, but there are a lot of Judd Apatow people that show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, other than Jason Segal, who's in every episode. Right. Um, I'd like to point out, though, that Martin Starr looks completely different these days. Really? Like, like his default character. So, back then, he had the, like, super short hair. Uh-huh. Um, now, he has, like, unibomber hair. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm Googling like him right the, now. I need to look this up. The shaggy hair and the ragged beard and stuff. Oh, wow. Okay, so if you just Google him, like, you see both looks, it's super weird. Oh, my God. One of his one of these images, he definitely looks like Jesus. He's got, like, a Jesus thing happening. Oh, are you talking about the one with him, like, in the suit jacket? Because that kind of um, looks Jesus-y. Yeah. And then there's the one with the flower background with the red shirt. Like, that's super Jesus right there. Oh, yep. Anyway. Yeah, because he's, right now... Okay, so on Freaks and Geeks, obviously he was still really young, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but right... Well, he was in um, Knocked Up. Yes. Um, which was a big plot point in that was his beard. Mm-hmm. Because um, there, there was a bet, with you know, for him to, you know, to try and get him to shave it. Um... But he's also, right now, he's on Silicon Valley. Uh, and has the super, like, ragged beard and everything. Um, but holy crap, some of these where he's, like, well-groomed and not wearing his glasses. Uh, he's he's not a bad-looking guy. No, he's not. I, it makes you feel really... Because, <laughs> like, in between all these, like, dark, handsome, and tall, like, there's, like, the random freaks and geeks where you're just like, yep. <laughs> Yeah, with the Thank God you can grow out of that shit. <laughs> yeah. With the the giant, you know, the Coke the sweater glasses. over the button down with the yeah. giant double bridge glasses. <laughs> yeah. Holy Which... crap. Oh god. So yeah. <laughs> Don't worry nerds, there's hope. <laughs> anyway, back to or the something. episode. I don't know. Back to the episode <laughs> after we went on this Google fanaticism. That was so weird. Okay. So, Robin gets a call from the hospital, and it's Lily. Why is it Lily? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Let's get back to the apartment for a minute. (laughs) So, Barney has convinced Ted that Lily moving in, because her apartment is a a Chinese restaurant, is going to be the impetus for Ted losing the apartment to the newly married, the eventually newly married Lily and Marshall. Right. Because Barney is sowing seeds of chaos in, in everywhere he goes. Um, 
So instead of talking about it like a normal person, Ted and Marshall literally have a duel with swords on their wall. And it is amazing. It is so great. <laughs> Why haven't we, we sword fought yet? Like, we have not... <laughs> I wish... I'm, I'm, I'm glad that this happened. I'm glad this episode happened. Me too. That's all I can really say. <laughs> I mean, it's not all I can say, but it's, it's, it's the most I can say. <laughs> I can say that a lot. Yeah. This is um, so great. So yeah, they, so Lily moves in and Ted starts seeing the, the changes that would have never, you know, he would have never noticed if Barney hadn't said anything. Right. But seriously. What? I said poor Sparky. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, Ted likes his outdated crap. I yeah, I know that it... this was still 2004. Five or plays into his nostalgia thing. Yeah, you know I I know that in two thousand five, plenty of people still had VCRs, but that VCR sticks around and becomes it, a plot point. It does. And he's got his forty year old coffee maker, a percolator, no less. Ooh, I mean, I think even coffee snobs of today would not touch that coffee maker because it would probably kill you in that pre war building. True. Yeah, I don't know that a VCR is so outdated in 2005. I will agree by the time we get to 2013, it definitely is. And it's right. like still around. Um, to the outdated viewing device. Yes. Because <laughs> that's the thing that happens in... Yeah. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Lear, would you like to catalog your outdated viewing devices? <laughs> I, I'd rather not. <laughs> I own three laser disc players. Three of them? Three. Okay, okay. I need to explain why I have three of them for a second. Because I think you'll for forgive one of them, at least. Okay, one. so I collect laser discs. I have since high school. Um, I bought my first laser disc player, though, of my own in the summer of 2005. Uh, at, you know, the year after I had graduated from high school. So I had laser discs without a way to play them for a while, actually. But I bought a laser disc player summer of 2005 uh, and bought it from a thrift store for 35 bucks. It was great. It's been in every apartment I've had since. A couple of months ago, I was at the University of Michigan Property Disposition Store and they had just put out two late model laser disc players, like built in 2000, like one of the last, you know, at the end of production, that also played DVDs. And they were $10 a piece, so I bought both. I mean, okay, dude, but you still collect Laserdiscs. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> you still collect books. Who doesn't like books? Books are outdated. Not the way Laserdiscs discs are, dude. Shut up. <laughs> okay. So. I love. Okay, so I love this fight. Okay, we're gonna go back to this. I love this fight between Marshall and Ted because it's how two dickwads would fight if they pulled the swords off their wall. Like, it is so endearing 
how excited they are that this is how they're solving the fight. Wait, did you call them dick wads or dip wads with a P? Um, I'm pretty sure I said dick wads. Oh, okay. See, dick wads sounds mean, but dip wads sounds like a couple of dumbasses. Okay, well, they're dip dip wads. They're dip wads then. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, they're a couple of dumbasses, and they're <laughs> they're waving these shitty swords at each other. Like, yeah, at some point, they're, like, pushing the swords against each other, and I'm pretty sure Ted has, like, the sharp side into his hand, and it doesn't <laughs> severely injure him. They're like giant butter knives. <laughs> Only shittier. I know, right? <laughs> but they're so excited. They're so excited about it. It's it's adorable. Like, I love this contrivance, because it is absolutely exactly how these two characters would react to this. Yes. They're they're still in college, like they're still in college mentality at this point. Yeah, I think they um, get a little revertigo. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Marshall's trying to grow up, but he's still totally susceptible to this. You know, the same way he's susceptible to Nessie and the cockamouse. <laughs> right. Um. But also. Okay, so the other reason I love this fight, I mean, well, there's there's lots of reasons. Um, so Marshall, in episode eight, pretty much lays down the core tension with Ted. Because um, Ted's argument that he should get this apartment is that he's not only going to be alone and unmarried, but also homeless. But Marshall, being... Smart Marshall, lawyer Marshall. (laughs) He's going to lawyer Ted. (laughs) Um, And just basically, boo-hoo. And then he says something really, really smart. If you wanted to be married by now, you would be, but you're not. And you know why? Because you're irrationally picky, you're easily distracted, and you're utterly anhedonic. Anhedonic? It means unable to enjoy things. (laughs) which is ted like marshall knows ted so well that he has picked out the conflict in in ted's soul that like doesn't really get resolved until he meets tracy (laughs) it's true so the other great part of the duel which is really the the cause of you know what happens next this is also the first reference to uh, future Ted and future Marshall's problem, <laughs> which we see a few times throughout the show. We do. Um, but so past Ted and past Marshall, when they moved in and they built their coffee table, uh, put it together with glue instead of screws. Perfectly structured moment. Like, yeah. they, they saved that reveal for the perfect time. <laughs> and what happens next? Um, Marshall stabs Lily. Yep. <laughs> the Knights of the Poorly Constructed Round Table, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> also, another beat in the Marshall 
like really hurts Lily. <laughs> yeah. That's... Plot drama. Yep. He opens champagne bottles in her eyes and stabs her through the shoulder. <laughs> is this a we is we this didn't a even really talk about the champagne bottle in did we? Oh no, we didn't. The champagne the champagne cork in the eye. Yeah, Oops. we never even really talked about that. That was the pilot, right? Yes, that was in the pilot after they yeah. get engaged. <laughs> yeah. Marshall is a large man with poor motor control. Who can and dance? And Lily's tiny. He dances more than she knows. <laughs> it's true. Um, Lily gets smacked around a lot by accident. She does. It is totally an accident, though. We would like to emphasize that. <laughs> right. Um, we, we are no not way... laughing at domestic abuse. We are not. We in no way think that Marshall meant to stab her. Um, if anything, he meant to stab Ted. Yep. Although, I would like to say that I don't think Lily's injury was as bad as uh, she tried to make it seem. I, I know. This is not a discussion to the degree, the degree to which, to which he you stabbed, stabbed me. But she does say that he ran her through, which I, yeah. I I don't think is true. I mean, considering she actually got ran through on Buffy, I think we all know what that looks like. Right. And she called it a broadsword, which did kind of bother me. It's but only a little incorrect. bit because I'm not a huge nerd. Um I'm just kind of a nerd. Just kind of a nerd? Yeah. I mean, it is correct. It is, it is an incorrect reference, which I know because, um, is this an Outlander thing? Can we just, <laughs> new podcast, let's just talk about Outlander. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a, an Outlander podcast for season three. Um, or we could just do like a, a special supplemental, <laughs> holy shit, let's bitch about Outlander for an hour. We could do that too. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um... So that's why I know about broadswords these days. And I totally but, yeah, lost my train of thought. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Lily gets stabbed and they go to the mm-hmm. hospital. And that's when that's when Lily said says that she doesn't want the apartment because it's, it's a boy apartment. And she wants her and Marshall's apartment. I mean, Which... I, I mean, really, a good cleaning would, like, get rid of the boy smell. Just, like, open the windows for a few days. It's true. Um, Not to mention, I'm pretty sure that uh, Ted is probably the clean roommate anyway. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we do see that later, that Ted's pretty clean. Because Victoria is not. Right. God, Um, as much as we love Victoria, I can't believe that we had to wait until season 8 to see that. Yeah, I mean... She, I mean, I don't think they were going to bring her back, but they just, like, needed to kill more time. As we will get to. All the ways they kill time. Some of them are great, and some of them are not great. Right. Time travelers, great. Uh, Jeanette, not great. Not great. Other things, great. Other things, not great. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll have an index, I'm sure. Yeah. Um... So, so okay, so that's that's the basic plot. Now you mm-hmm. know we've gotten through that. Uh, you know, as you pointed out with uh, 
Ted, uh, Marshall's little speech to Ted during the duel. Marshall knows Ted. He does. They've they've known each other for a long time at this point. Nine years. Yep. Marshall knows Ted. He does. He's gotten him pegged. As well he should. Marshall is an acute judge of character, if a little trusting. Right. But... Lily knows Ted better than Marshall. She called the English phone booth move, which we didn't talk about, but in a way, in a drastic, a drastic measure to claim his space in the apartment, Ted orders an English phone booth. And, and... What a jackass. God. Lily calls it. Lily calls that he's going to push it down and ignore it, ignore mm-hmm. the tension, and, and then do something drastic. So Lily knows exactly what's happening. And this is a, a nice look forward into Ted dealing with his family. Yes. Because this plays right into his family not talking about anything. It is. It's a very good piece of character work. Yep. Um, so this is a smaller one, but Barney, this is the first, the first, um, Barney makes the first reference to Lily being diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just love, because it's not something that has really come out in her character yet, but it will. Oh, yeah. We're going to get some Dark Willow in her later on. Definitely. Um, and then Which as we... The, ca- I love the you're dead to me look. <laughs> because it really does just feel like Dark Willow casting magic. Which may be intentional. I think it is. I mean, they I even kind so. of use the same effect. Yeah. It's a very similar visual effect when <laughs> Lily is making people dead to her. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we will get to that, I'm sure. Right. Um, so, so who else does Barney know? Barney knows Robin because he definitely goads her into the going on the date with the misogynistic nerd. Like, this, he gets under is, her skin. He does. This is just like the... A couple episodes ago when he was getting her to say nipple on the news. Yeah, he gets on her... He knows how to get under Robin's skin. Yeah. I feel like he knows that she's susceptible to this. Like, her pride is susceptible to this kind of attack. Yep, absolutely. And she, she falls for it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, uh, so, so everyone knows everyone. Like, th- this was a pretty, pretty close group. You know, they, meaning, yep. But uh, Ted. yeah, who does Ted know? No one. Ted's, Ted doesn't Ted's, know anything. Ted's caught up in his own problems. Ted's a jackass. Yep. He's just kind of being a dick in this episode, but it's okay because he's not being a dick to a woman. Right. Which is, like he isn't creeping on a woman, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, he's just being self-absorbed and kind of a jackass like yeah he's just not getting it whatever it is that's happening around him right now he's just not getting it he's making like he's making it about him yeah which is a very ted-like thing to do (laughs) right and everyone knows a a guy like that every every group has someone like that they do (laughs) we're not naming names (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know. Uh, they all have their moments. Except Marshall, who is the perfect character. Like, I don't think Marshall ever really does anything selfish. He does stupid shit, but he doesn't do selfish shit. 
Everyone else does selfish shit. Well, not until season nine. Oh, yeah. But we'll talk about that in three and a half years. Yes. When we die. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Ted's being a self-absorbed dick, but I was kind of into it. How would you rate Ted? I mean, Ted's just kind of clueless in this one. Uh, he's It's not malicious. I'm, I'm going to give him a seven. A seven? Yeah. You know, I just, like, really liked... This episode, I'm going eight. Okay. Yeah. I feel like Ted deserves it. I think this is the first time that you have rated him more highly than I have. Well, you know, he didn't stalk anyone. He made it a whole episode. And then he, like, was very charming when he was sword fighting. Um, He was completely oblivious to Marshall's... (laughs) Marshall's riposte about being utterly anhedonic... I mean, this is a Ted I can get behind and a Ted I can root for. Okay, I'll give you that. Well, cool. I think that'll do it for this episode. There were no weird musical cues. There weren't a whole bunch of uh, connections we had to go over. I mean, there were a few. Yeah, there were a couple. Um... Do we have anything we can ask our listeners about this week? Um, oh, the Lemon Law. Yes. We can ask them about the Lemon Law. Have you ever done something like that? Or would you? Have our, and, and what situation would make you tap out of a date? <laughs> yeah. I mean, would it be before someone called you a hooker? Would it get or that after. far? after. I mean, only with consent, guys. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Something about safe words. <laughs> Something about decriminalization. Yes. We are nothing but feminists here. Yep. Whoopity do. <laughs> Thanks for listening again. Uh, make sure you check us out at thereReturn.com or on Twitter at thereReturn. Uh, let us know what you thought. And thanks for listening. Yeah, and come back next week. We're talking Thanksgiving episodes. Oh, yes. This is going to be great. Awesome. Are um, we going to drink Thanksgiving next week? No. I am I'm never drinking one of those. Mm. That sounds disgusting. It has a bouillon cube in it. So? Oh, gross. Eh. And cranberry juice. <laughs> so? I mean, do you, man? Do you? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that. (laughs) All right. Have a great week, guys. We'll be back to talk about Belly Full of Turkey. Bye, everyone. (laughs)